Portions of the following program were pre-recorded. AM 570 KLAC, 98.7 KYSR, HD2. Los Angeles. Available anywhere using the iHeartRadio app. AM 570. In LA sports icon. Fred Rogan is here tonight. Decades on your television covering Los Angeles sports. Fred Rogan, huge in Los Angeles. The Dean. I'm the Dean. Fred Rogan. Weekdays before Petros and Money. A USC All-American. USC's Rodney Pete. An NFL quarterback. Absolutely perfectly delivered by Rodney, Rodney Pete. Available on the iHeartRadio app or on am570lasports.com. This is Rogan and Rodney. All right, let's go. Two hours for us today. Fred Rogan, Rodney Pete on AM570 LA Sports. Uh, Rodney, Dodgers in San Diego, they can do something they have never done before. Yes. They can win the most games in franchise history. If you look at the storied history of the Dodgers and the accomplishments they've had over the years. This has truly been a magical season. I've got a sense they are going to set a new mark, and maybe tonight. Think about it. Think about all of the Dodger teams that there have been and all of the great players that have been on the Dodgers. This team will have won more games than any of those teams, yet we are not talking about it because we're so anticipating the playoffs. But you got to stop for a minute. And the fact that they're doing it against San Diego would be great because that 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 nice little team down south. No hope. <laughs> it's great to do it against them. But, yes, let's give them credit. Let's give Dave Roberts credit. Think about all the pitchers that he's had to deal with, all the injuries that he's had to deal with, the different lineups that have been in and out, guys that have come up, gone down, all of those things that happened throughout this season, yet they've been consistent all year long. Um, and, yes, they have great players. But still, to be that consistent and to be the best Dodger team in terms of wins ever, that is to be celebrated. And so our hats are off to to the Dodgers and the players and, and everybody in that organization. Great job. So that's the good news. Yes. It, it cannot be lost. Dodger fans, do not lose track of what you've seen this year. Please. It, and I think I've mentioned this before. Very rarely does it go the way it's supposed to go on paper. On paper, they had the best team going into the season. On yes. paper, they were supposed to win the National League. On paper, they had accumulated a roster of players and a batting order that was supposed to dominate. On paper. Rarely does it go the way it's supposed to on paper, but it has. And it's even more remarkable, as Rodney pointed out, given the injuries, given the issues that have occurred during this season, it's gone as scripted. And that is mind-boggling. You may never see anything like it again. So please don't lose sight of what has been accomplished and get excited about what is to come. But do not lose sight. Do not take for granted. This is really a very unique and unusual year. Think about it. They could have... Look, we we get into, yes, you want home field all the way through. There are some teams in the American League that were pushing along the way. Yankees, Astros, and... So you keep playing, but once they clinched the, the NL West, they could have took their foot off the gas and just say, let's start, you know, let's rest guys, let's just chill, that's the mentality, let's just, but they didn't, and they're still not. Um, and, and that's the way they're, they're playing, that's the way they're built, that's the way the clubhouse culture is, which is, is if anybody, you talk to any one of the players that have come from different places, talk about the culture in the Dodgers clubhouse, um, it is something special that we have here with, with the Dodgers. And I think it is taken for granted a lot of times by, by a lot of people, including us sometimes. But uh, we want to we make sure that we acknowledge uh, everything that's happening with this team this year, Fred. All right, then let's acknowledge this. The plan to bring in a closer did not work. All right, let's, let's acknowledge it. Craig yes. Kimbrell, they acquired him during spring training for A.J. Pollock, got him from the White Sox. They let Kenley go. They thought, all right, we can make this swap. If he's got any gas left in the tank, he'll be a very good addition for us. Yes. Uh, he had struggled in a setup role with the White Sox. But you figure you put him back in the ninth inning and things are going to be great and he's going to be the old Craig Kimbrell. And he's not. That's what we've seen. He's not. And Dave Roberts has come out and said, okay, we're going to take this in a little different direction. We're going to try this by committee. We're going to look at matchups. Kimbrell, to his credit, said, I want to do whatever the team needs me to do. To his credit. Yeah. 
But now understand, to his credit, he's been here for a cup of coffee. He's been here one year. And he probably knows he better not say anything else. Well, he's he's had a long enough opportunity to kind of prove himself too, Fred. That's why he's not saying anything other than I'm here to help the team. Dave Roberts, and we know this about Dave, and players have said this about Dave, that he's patient. The one, the best quality he has is patient. We see that with Max Muncy and how he's allowed Max Muncy to kind of work himself out of situations. We see that Cody Bellinger, Chris Taylor. He's a patient guy and a loyal guy. Um, so for Craig Kimbrell, he's been more than patient and more than loyal. So for him to say anything else at this moment other than I'm here to help the team, uh, I'd, I'd be shocked. But, yeah, he's there. And, and given the fact that he – has had his struggles. The Dodgers are still, they've got the second best ERA of all relievers in, in Major League Baseball. So even with that, even with his struggles, the relievers have been pretty good this year. So he goes by committee now. Our buddy Evan Phillips, Alex Vassia, both those guys have been on our show. Uh, b- both in the mix there. You wonder about Blake Trinan. All right, we don't know. We don't know about Blake That's Trinan. the guy, right? That's the guy. That's we're the hoping. guy, and, and yeah. you just—I mean, you don't know—is he going to be able to go? He wants. He's been on the show. He wants to go, but you can't—you can't put him out there, Rodney, unless he is a hundred percent and able to get the job done. Because if he's there, he's the guy that's going to close. They're going to give him the ball, so he better be a hundred percent. If not, you go by committee. Yeah. You go by matchup, you go by committee. Either way, I think you're fine. And it's worked in the past, right? You know, you know, my people might say they went to the well a little bit too often, maybe last year or the year before, uh, or last year, uh, with, with Julio and, and, and going to the well in terms of committee coming out of the pen. Um, I don't think we'll see that from Julio this year. Um, but I, I think it's it's worked for the Dodgers and you gotta go with the hot hand, you go with the matchup. Listen, Alex Vessia over the last month has been tremendous. He has come in in situations and has put the fire out. So I, I like him. Uh, obviously, we love Trinan if he can go in that role because he has been, over, since he's been here, he's been very dominant when he's come in the game. He's been that guy that can stop and can strike out the side and can get outs. So um, so I'd love to see him in that role. But if not, um, love Ellen, Evan Phillips, too. I love his stuff the, to be able to shut the door on folks and be unhittable for an inning. So they've got guys that can get this done. It's just who's going to have the hot hand at that particular night. Yeah, one guy that you expected to come out of the pen, and, and we'll see, I mean, if he's okay, is Dustin May. Now, Dustin May is hurt. And that was somebody comes back, look at him, and go, okay, we're in good shape now. Either way, whether he starts or comes out of the pen, we're in good shape. You bring him out of the bullpen, let him go a couple of innings, I'd say you're doing okay. But now he's hurt, and you don't know if he'll be ready to go. And you still don't know if Gonsolin will be ready to go. Right, yeah. We don't know about Gonsolin, a guy that uh, people say, you know, kept saying all year long, well, he's having a lucky year, this guy. But he's he was consistent all year until he got hurt. You know, to, in my mind, leading, leading candidate for Cy Young, and then he got hurt. So we don't know if he's going to come back. And if he does come back, how in game shape will he be? So the guy that was the odd man out who would work out of the bullpen theoretically during the playoffs is Tyler Anderson. And now he's in. There's your rotation. Kershaw, fingers crossed, stays healthy. Julio, Tyler Anderson. They're your three guys. They don't have... As, as, as a group... Just give us five. That's all you need. Well, right. But what I'm saying is, as a group, when you hear those names, I guess Julio and Kershaw, Yeah. but they don't sound like Scherzer and DeGrom. No, but of late, Kershaw has been pretty good. Kershaw right. has gotten, you know, the fifth, sixth inning and has been pretty good. And Julio, you know, Julio lives for these type of moments. So I think Julio will be great. You know, and Tyler Anderson's another guy that has done it all season long. I mean, I know he's not household name, and people question whether he can get it done, but he goes out every time he goes out, and people can't hit him. And he's an adult. Yes. He's an adult. He's he's a veteran. He's not a kid. This guy exactly. has been around. So, you know, you, you feel comfortable with him out there. Right. And then you look up and you go, okay, our bullpen, again, has been pretty good. 
Again, second best ERA in Major League Baseball. If we have to go to our bullpen, we'll be okay. We'll be okay. I mean, and that's look. It's it's what you have to deal with because it's the reality of what you have to deal with. But the reality ain't so bad either. Uh, another step in this historic journey tonight in San Diego against the Padres, and you will hear the game right here on AM five seventy. Uh, Laker media day yesterday. Not a whole lot. Everybody kind of said the right things. I don't know. The Laker Instagram. Some people were telling me they had a picture of LeBron, AD, and and Russell Westbrook. Except Russell Westbrook was kind of not right next to him. He was in the picture, but he wasn't right next to him. There's like a space. And somebody said, do you think that was intentional? I said, well, I mean, if they're going to trade the guy, then they just erase him. And then they've got AD and LeBron standing next to each other. It doesn't cost you any more money. You don't have to take a new picture. All right. Let's get you three over here. Okay, good. Uh, LeBron, AD, yeah, right there. Russ, no, 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 no. Just move a little, a little to the right. Just a, a little bit. Just a, not much. Not too much. Come on back. Perfect. There you go. What is wrong with you? Okay, now, <laughs> look, nobody wants to spend money to take more pictures, and nobody wants to take more pictures. So. You want to call everybody up. Hey, get back together. We, no. <laughs> now. Two-shot instead of a three-shot now. You know how that works, Rodney. You do it the first day, and you're done with it for the whole year. Sign every ball possible. Now we have them all signed for charity. Great. Good. Perfect. Sign the jerseys. Sign the balls. Take the pictures. Okay. Uh, Russ, just uh, uh. right there. That's where you need to go. I mean, there's enough space probably stop, 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 that stop it. you could put Patrick stop Beverly it. there, right? He, he could move right in there. Schroeder could go in there. You don't know. You don't know. I'm, I'm just saying. Anyway, not much happened at media day. Everybody said the right things, right? They could put you there. But you anybody could be there. there. Yeah. By the way, when are they going to take new pictures of us for this radio station? <laughs> I don't know. Isn't it about My time? wife said that the other day. We were doing, we were doing some remote that yeah. we were promoting. I think we were, we were doing BJ's. And they were promoting it on social. I think that was from our first year. That was our first day. <laughs> it was. It was. Even my wife said, "Like I think Fred's hair is a little bit different now in that photo." Uh, yeah. About thirty pounds heavier back then when, yeah. <laughs> when I took that picture. Yeah, I mean, Rochelle said to me, "Can they afford to take a new picture of you guys?" So everybody's wife that works on the show yeah. said, "We need new pictures." Exactly. I don't look remotely close to that anymore. I don't. Either. And it, you know what it tells me, which is really sad. In a period of six years, I've aged 80 years. <laughs> Just working here has done this to me. I mean, look at me. <laughs> but anyway, uh, I digress. So <laughs> nobody really said anything except uh, Dylan Hernandez. Oh, Dylan. We can always count on Dylan. Our boy Dylan. Dylan fires it up. Dylan yeah, brings does. it. Yeah, he does. Dylan brings we it. We love him, but he fires it up. Got to yeah. give it to Dylan sometimes. You know what I mean? Dylan, Dylan, yeah. Dylan yeah. steps in it from time to time. That's okay. It makes it interesting okay. for us. Yeah, we like him. Good for business. Yeah. Maybe Kevin will get Dylan on. Not today. Yeah. That's yeah, what I love about Dylan. This week. Yeah. Because I love that about Dylan because he can do that and, you know, he can totally be wrong, at least I, in my opinion sometimes, and step in it. He's very clear and very outspoken, but he's not afraid of it. No. He comes on and backs it up and talks about it. He doesn't run from it. He doesn't hide from the things he writes about. So I, I do. I respect that and love that about Dylan. Uh, so here's what he wrote. There's plenty to like about Anthony Davis. He's warm. He's smart. He's quick to point the finger at himself when he screws up. But he doesn't get it. Davis is entering his fourth season with the Lakers, and he still doesn't get it. I'm not going to overthink and listen to what everybody else is saying and try to be this Whatever player they want me to be, this Greek god, he smiled. I say Greek, but not Giannis, he said. And then Dylan writes, here's the problem. That's who the Lakers need him to be. He said AD was nonchalant, and it was noticeable. He said that AD mentioned he really didn't change anything in the offseason. He's got his routine, and he works through it. And now he's back. He was relaxed. He seemed happy, but he doesn't get it. Does AD get it, Rodney? I don't know because I don't know AD like that. I don't know his routine every single day. 
and and maybe he is defensive with the media and not giving them anything. But if I can only say that if, if it was, if it were me, right. or if it, even if it were some of the people that we know, if it were LeBron James, okay. Kobe Bryant, some of the other superstars, yeah. If you were hurt every single year, and it was questioned your off-season schedule, your off-season workout. First of all, you would probably change that up and do something a little bit different. Um, secondly, you probably wouldn't be nonchalant about talking about it if someone asked you, you know, you've been hurt or you, have you done anything different in the offseason? I said, yeah, I've changed my diet. I've changed this. I've, I've, I've started yoga. I'm doing different, some different things that maybe help me out. Give people a little something to know that you are, you are – dealing with it head on right you you're you're in touch with what's going on he seems like he's completely out of touch with the reality and his answers that may, that may not be true but his answers are saying there's nothing wrong with me i'm gonna I'm a work out the same way i've been working out for my whole life i don't what i've been so what if i've been hurt every single year i'm going to continue to do the same old thing and we know that fred we know when you do the same thing over and over again and expect a different result. That is the definition of what? Insanity. Yes. So so I, I I don't know if he was playing with the media. He's fed up with them and, and didn't want to answer any more questions. But to me, it was just a bad answer to a question of we want to see you be great. We want to see you be the AD that was the one in the bubble that took us to a championship. How do you get that back? And want to see something that's different that, that – Fans can hang their hat on because fans are wanting to know. I think everybody's excited. Look, uh, Kawhi yesterday, my God, when he was sitting at media day, did, is it me or did he just get larger? Wow. Did he look big? I mean, big. It looked like he put on a lot of muscle and he had a lot of muscle to start with. He looked big. And now it, he's a guy that looked like he's been working in the offseason. My God. Did you right? see that? Yeah, I did. Yeah. He was cut up. He was, yeah. His shoulders were the size yeah. of the Sixth Street Bridge. He, he, I mean, he was he, always, an, he always had a nice build, but he was, he was a little bit bigger and filled out. And so, yeah, he's, that's what I'm saying. He's, he's a guy you looked at. You didn't have to, like Dylan would have to ask him that question. What you been doing in the offseason? Are you, are you, you know, he wouldn't have to ask him. <laughs> Look at you, Kawhi. I see you've been working. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> wouldn't even, wouldn't be an issue with him. No, no. I just think everybody's excited about the start of the NBA season. You know, for years, we have been a baseball and basketball market. Laker fans are optimistic, you know, and the market wants the Lakers to do well. So there's a lot of pressure starting this season, given what happened last year. Nobody's going to put up with the 11th place finish again. And to be honest with you, they're probably not going to finish 11th. Are they going to be appreciably better? That I can't tell you. The West is pretty tough. Can't tell you. Are the Clippers going to be better? Yeah. All based on health. If everybody stays healthy, yeah, the Clippers are going to be better than the Lakers. No question. If everybody stays healthy, so the Lakers have a healthy squad, the Clippers have a healthy squad, Clippers have a better year than the Lakers. If everything, if everybody is healthy, with LeBron and AD and Russ and Schroeder and Pat Bev, then you've got Kawhi, and you've got PG, and they signed John Wall, Marcus Morris Sr. I think the Clippers will be better if everybody stays healthy. But there's reason for optimism. Conversely, if the Lakers struggle again, it's going to be really bad. No one's sitting through that again. No one. No one is going to put up with that, even with yeah. a new coach. And, and double it, you can't be bad and don't care and nonchalant about it which we saw the Lakers last year, which was a big complaint, is that I don't want to say use the, use the, the dreaded give-up phase, but there were, there, were in, there were games where, let's put it this way, their heart wasn't in it. They quit on Frank Vogel. And I don't see that happening with some of the makeup. Look, first of all, Darvin Ham's not going to let that happen. I, no, no, no disrespect, Frank. That can happen to any coach when, they, when players decide that they this guy's – we got to get this guy out of here. We don't believe in him anymore. It can happen to anybody, but he's not going to let that happen his first year. But but guys on the team have to be the guys that 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 don't let that happen. And Pat Beverly is not going to let that happen. No, he's not a guy that's going to let guys slack off. 
uh, be lazy or not hustle or not fight to win on every single possession. So um, they're going to see the heart. But again, I, you're right, Fred. They're, this town is not going to put up with a with a very average team this year. No, and they and they did this to themselves. They yes, put they themselves did. in that position. Yes, they did. Unless we see a dramatic change from the guys that are still here from last year, it's going to get ugly. It could get ugly. But on the flip side, I think the Clippers, like you said, if the Clippers stay healthy, they are, uh, to me, the best team in the West. Yeah, and the West is tough. Mm-hmm. That's saying an awful lot. Yeah, I think they are. If they at full strength, I think they're the best team in the West. I I just really want to see one year. This is what I ask: one full year of both Kawhi and Paul George healthy together. Yeah, one. Now let's see what that looks like. Yeah. That that is going to be mind boggling to watch. Because you yeah. can't, who you can't take them both out. No, you can't stop them both. Exactly. You know, you you just can't. It's kind of what the Lakers tried with AD and LeBron. But you cannot stop both Paul George and Kawhi at the same time. It won't happen. You don't have enough guys that can do it. So I think that'll be fun. One thing I want to mention real quick, and it was kind of a drama that was playing out in social media, and actually the regular media as well, uh, what happened with Lynette Romero? who was the weekend morning news anchor at KTLA and her partner, Mark Mester. Well, the the mystery has been solved now about Lynette Romero. And it was announced this morning that Lynette Romero is coming to work at Channel 4. She's going to be the anchor, the morning anchor, uh, part of the team of Today in L.A. Now, she had been at Channel 5, KTLA, for 24 years. I don't know how many years she was the weekend morning news anchor and she did it with someone by the name of Mark Mester, mm-hmm. but that show was highly successful. I mean, I look at ratings yeah. every day and I can tell you channel five's weekend morning news really did very, very well in today's television world. Wow. Really well. The weekend morning news, the weekend morning news did really, really well. I don't know the intricacies of it, from what I was able to read, and I read it everywhere. I mean, this was picked up by Variety and the Hollywood Reporter and the LA Times. This is a pretty big deal in terms of today's TV. Uh, Lynette Steele was up, and she wanted to move to the weekdays. And Channel 5 is a very successful weekday morning show Yeah, that has been in place for years. And I, I guess the conversation was, well, but we're set there. You're doing a great job. And she said, I'd like to move to the weekdays. Well, guess what? Apparently, there was somebody that thought they sh- she should move to the weekdays. Mm-hmm. Those of us at the Proud Peacock, the Big Bird. The Big Bird, Brett. The Big, big Bird. Big Bird swooped in. <laughs> and then there was a ton of drama at Channel 5, and her co-anchor got fired. And, and quite frankly, uh, it's kind of a mess over there. But you know what? Hey, is the co-anchor coming with her? No, that I don't know. Oh, no. I have no idea. I, you know, we're finding this out piecemeal. Make it happen, Fred. Oh, Make some phone man. calls. I, look, I don't have any kind of authority. <laughs> and, you know. He, Joe Buck came with Troy Aikman. Well, not, he can't in the world. I, I understand. You know, I'm going to leave that to people sitting in the upstairs office. <laughs> but the co-anchor went on and then did this, this tearful kind of, this is terrible that we lost her. So they fired him too. Oh, no. Anyway, you know, they have to deal with their stuff. And I wish them the best. Because we're feeling pretty good on our team today. <laughs> hell we're, with them, Fred. That's what you're saying? We're feeling pretty damn good over at the Big Peacock. So <laughs> The Big Bird. The Big Bird is flying high. Our tail feathers are spread wide. We're doing okay today. Anyway, welcome to Lynette Romero. She's going to start in a couple of weeks. Yeah, well, listen. That's what they're doing over at Channel 5 right now. That, that's what they're doing over there. <laughs> but we welcome her to our team, to our family. We're thrilled to have her. She starts in a couple of weeks. She'll be on every day from 4 a.m. to 7 a.m. So we're giving everyone an alert to please wake up at 3.45 in the morning so you can see Lynette in her new home 
on Channel 4. I love that. Did you really? Yeah, Lynette Romero was the final uh, co-anchor with the great Hal Fishman before he passed away. Oh, well, and, and first of all, that that is really an incredible achievement to work with Hal. And that being oh, Hal was the best. Are you kidding? Yeah, but that being said, she's now going to actually show up somewhere where we will allow her to talk. Because when you worked with Hal, you didn't get to speak. And everybody knows that. Hal did like the first 10 minutes of the show. And then he'd bring somebody else in. And right. everybody loved Hal. That would have been fine by me. I'm not letting. He's not doing his commentary on me, ripping me. I'm not doing that. I know how 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 Hal Fishman rolls. No, I'm good. I'll just say whatever he wants. <laughs> he was scared of living. You know what out of me with his commentary is going after people left and right. I was I was out. Was Hal not the best though? Oh, uh, Hal was. He fantastic. was great. The Loved Hal. Yeah. He's so smooth. Yeah. Hell was good. Him and Jerry Dunphy there on the Mount Rushmore of uh, news anchors. Well, are we going to put our man Paul uh, Moyer up there? We're Paul not talking Moyer? about Paul Moyer right now. Well, you oh. said the Mount Rushmore. Well, about Stu maybe we can. Maybe we can. Yeah, I mean. How I about Fred Rogan? I don't belong with the news anchors. I know, I know Mount you don't. But the sports, the sports anchors, Fred. Oh. You're the yeah. dean. Come on, let's go. I, you know what? I am the dean. I'm the dean. All right. Anyway, Lynette, welcome. And we can't wait to get Way started. Way to go, Lynette. All right. Uh,. NFL news. We've got to get to it next. Let's do it. Rams' performance against Arizona left something to be desired. And the Chargers find themselves in a situation where there's a lot to be desired now. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. If you missed any of Rogan and Rodney, you can podcast it on the iHeartRadio app. Rogan and Rodney. AM 570 LA Sports. Beautiful. Nice and warm Tuesday. Rodney Pete, Fred Rogan. Feeling good, Fred. Feeling good about Feeling good about the Dodgers. Yeah. How are we feeling about our NFL teams? Rodney, let me just say this real quick. You know, Steve Fryer, writer in Orange County for years, sent out a tweet from the CIF. They're going to vote. It might be tomorrow. To institute girls flag football into the uh, high school sports here in California. And that would begin with the 23-24 season. Girls flag football. What do you think love about it. that? Love it. I do too. I do love it. I, I think love it's great. It. So many girls play already without it being part of a high school curriculum, a high school sports schedule. They play in, in some of the club leagues and things like that. NFL has a, a, a league, a flag football league as well. So yeah, I, I love it. In fact, you know this, Fred. There's a lingerie football league that the women play in. Yeah, but that's not exactly. Oh, no, no, Rodney. That's no. no but but I, I, I love the fact that they're going to include women in playing sports. A lot of women can play flag football and play it very well. Yeah, I think it'd be fantastic. All right, let's get to the NFL. Welcome on our our insider and our buddy Vinny Bonsignor. And Vinny, thanks for jumping on. Thank you. I mean, I'm going to try to make sense of all this, but uh, the NFL after three weeks is very difficult to make sense of. It's it's, uh, it's a crazy league. All right, well, let, let's start with a real crazy part of it. You know, before the season started, I said I love the Chargers roster. And uh, with Justin Herbert, at quarterback, I think they could have a better year than the Rams. Three weeks in, and now I'm going, uh-oh. We've got some big problems here. They've lost Slater for the year, protection for Herbert. They've lost Jalen Guyton for the year. Joey Bosa is now week-to-week week with a significant groin injury. How much trouble are the Chargers suddenly in? And their quarterback is banged up. Um, they're in trouble. There's no question about it. Uh, those are you're talking about Pro Bowl level players uh, in Slater and and Bosa um, and and it's just and it's early too. You know you weren't able to as a, for the Chargers build up a little bit of a cushion. Um, you know and then some of the injuries start occurring. It was right off the bat, and uh, it's a it's a it's a difficult uh, division, obviously. Nobody's run away with it yet. I know it's just three games, but nobody's showing that 
you know, they're they're just the uh, the the uh, class of the uh, of the league, which we thought we would have seen yeah. in the AFC. So right now, there's a, still an opportunity. I mean, the Raiders are zero and three, but they're a game out of second place right now uh, in their division. But for the Chargers, those injuries are significant injuries, and and the quarterback being banged up, um, it's going to be tough sledding here for a little while for them. Yeah, no, it is. I mean, they did get the win against the Raiders in opening day, which I think saves them a little bit because they have been struggling, Vinny. Um, and we, we discussed whether or not uh, Justin Herbert should have played against Jacksonville or not. And, you know, Eric and I were on yesterday talking about a lot of times if you're a player and you feel like you can go, you got to go. But the, to keep him in at the end of the game when it was completely over with was a mistake to me. And it's one of those things where he could be banged up for a long period of time. And now you're talking about with Slater out, he's going to get hit, hit every single week. I don't know if the AFC West is the best division in football anymore. It might be the AFC East with Miami and Buffalo in that division. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, and here's the other thing, uh, Rodney, and um, you know, I'll, I'll throw it back to you. They practiced all week last week. Um, thinking that Chase Daniel was going to be the quarterback in that yeah. game. It really wasn't until, I mean, he didn't throw at all, uh, Justin Herbert, you know, and, and it wasn't really until just before the game, basically, that they decided to roll him out there. I, I didn't think it was a good decision. Um, you know, one way or another, that game wasn't going to define their, their season. And as it is, they still lost by running their best player out there in Justin Herbert. Um, and, and, you know, he's taken a beating, a little bit of a beating in that game. Um, still hurt, so I don't think it was the right decision. I think that if you were going to plan to play without him, just go ahead and play without him um, and then live to see another day one way or another, but I just didn't like that decision whatsoever. And then, like you said, keep him in there for the whole game. That's not the way to go. Uh, All right, let's switch over to the Rams. They beat Arizona. A win is a win. Rodney pointed that out yesterday, as did Eric. But again, Vinny, they don't seem like they're firing on all cylinders. Is that just me, or are you seeing the same thing? No, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing the same thing, and I don't know if that's scary for the Rams or scary for everybody else. Uh, is it scary for the Rams in that this is the best, really, where we're going to see of them and they're going to have to scrape by? Uh, or is it scary for everybody else in that they're, kind of, uh, they're, they're, they're sort of finding their way and their better days are ahead? Uh, and if that's the case, they're winning along the way, and then all of a sudden there's going to be a Ram explosion at some point when it all comes together. Is that going to be bad for the league? I haven't been able to make the call yet. Uh, I still think they're struggling and, and struggling in the same way each week. We've talked about the offensive line that hasn't come together. Um, there's been some injuries as well. So um, I think that this is going to be one of those grinded-out seasons for the Rams. And if they find themselves in a big way, great. Uh, but I think that after three weeks, it just feels like one of those seasons where they're going to have to grind it out. Yeah, but that uh, grinding it out might be okay this season until they can figure it out. I, I agree with you. The offensive line, nobody's walking through that door to really help them. they got to figure it out on their own. Right. they got to figure it out by, by playing every single week. But the fact that they, you know, Arizona is not, to me, what, what I think a lot of people thought they may be. Uh, the Rams didn't play well right. and yet went in there and just and beat basically beat Arizona in their sleep. Seattle is without Russell Wilson, and, and they're just going to be an average team this year. And then we'll see about the 49ers. I think they'll still be good, uh, better than with, uh, with Garoppolo than Trey Lance. Um, but I think the Rams can coast a, a little bit in their division and still win that division while they're working things out, Benny. I agree. And, you know, at some point, and here's the other thing, you know, the Rams make moves. So, and I, and I do think that if Odell Beckham uh, gets healthy, I think that, you know, um, he could be earmarked. Uh, for a return to the Rams, and I think that would help, um, especially, like we said, if, he, if he's healthy. But they, they're, they're aggressive in season to bring in reinforcements. That's what they did last year with Von Miller and, uh, you know, and Odell. So are, do they have some moves up their sleeve? They're also going to help get them to another level a, as well. So you can't rule that out. So, you know, maybe it is one of those situations where it's really scary for the rest of the league that, they're kind of grinding it out at this point in the season, trying to find themselves, and there's going to be much better days ahead for them. Okay, Raiders, Vinny, are in, at least in our estimation, big trouble after that loss to Tennessee. Uh, boy, you don't want to start the season like this. Derek Carr seems a little out of sorts. Darren Walker, uh, Waller, I should say, dropped multiple passes. Uh, do they have the ability to turn this thing around? 
well, Darren Waller was playing like Darren Walker, whoever he yeah. is uh, in Tennessee, <laughs> without question. I mean, it wasn't – he was, I think, officially credited with two drops, but there was really three and um, just just a general kind of kind of – you know, off of his game type of a thing. And it's it's really, you know, uh, it's hurt the Raiders. I mean, as bad as it is, and I'm not, I'm not you know, blowing smoke here or anything like that, but they're literally two plays, three plays away from being two and one and maybe even three and up, uh, but for sure two and one. The Hunter Renfro fumble, he never really fumbles in that situation. Uh, going in for field goal range against the Cardinals, boom, get taken back 59 yards for a game-winning touchdown. Darren Waller not holding on to two balls, one that got intercepted in the end zone. If he holds on to that ball, uh, the Raiders are going to win that game in Tennessee. So that's how close it is. Um, and, and that's why it's so hard to explain the NFL uh, in terms of how much parity there truly is and how it really does come down to playing and play out. Uh, you know, Devontae Adams said something great the other day. You can't get tired as a professional athlete at this level of doing the right thing time after time after time, play after play after play, rep after rep after rep. You cannot get tired of doing that. That's what it takes and what it requires to win at this level when games are literally decided by a play here or a play there. It's absurd to say the 0-3 Raiders should also be, could also be 3-0 and very easily. It's absurd to say that, but that's the reality of it, and that's the reality of playing in the NFL and why it's so incumbent on – a player's doing the right thing every play, uh, play in and play out. Because if you're not doing that, you're going to be 0-3. If you are, you could be 3-0. and Yeah. Unfortunately, a lot of teams say they could have been this and could have been that. And if I was this <laughs> and if we had caught that, the Raiders are, in fact, 0-3. Vinny, is there yeah. any issues um, with Derek Carr and, and McDaniel and them being on the same page? Uh, there was reports that he and Mark Davis were having a meeting. I mean, is, is what's going on with, with him? Is it just – just a new coach and a quarterback trying to get on the same page. Um, you know the meetings; those are those are pretty standard after after every game. Um, I can't imagine that Mark Davis is happy spending as much money as he is uh, and to have these results. Um, you know, Derek Carr has had his had his moments of ups, ups and downs this year, um, but by the same token, the drops, the fumbles, he had nothing to do with that. Uh, a holding call. Uh, the, the Raiders have an interception Sunday against the Tennessee Titans. They're at the 39-yard line, uh, or yeah, 39-yard line, uh, facing first and you know first and ten. Boom! A long pass to Darren Waller to the two-yard line. Uh, first and ball from the two. Nope, it was a holding call. So now you're talking about first and twenty from your 41. So that's how things change so quickly, and that's not on the quarterback. Um, you know, uh, is he learning a new offense? Yes. Uh, are there a little bit of growing pains? Yes. Uh, but he hasn't had anything to do with any of the penalties that have stopped them in the red zone. Uh, the, the ball that flicked off of Darren Waller's hands, the fact that two wide receivers are in the same place in the end zone when they weren't supposed to be, that's not on the quarterback. So uh, I'm not going to go there yet uh, with, with Carr, by all indications. Um, and I, I feel like I do my homework. There's a great relationship with he and Josh McDaniels. Um, it's just really team-wide, player, you know, 1 through 11, depending on what you know side of the ball you're on. Is everybody just doing their job uh, at a high level? And right now the Raiders haven't been able to get that on a consistent enough level. All right, uh, Denver, man, they're 2-1. and one. They're a terrible 2-1 and one team. <laughs> they're, they're bad, Vinny, and they're, somehow they're 2-1. You said it, one. though. We said it. We well, said it. We didn't goes, believe the hype about Denver. Oh, my God. Yeah. And yet they're 2-1, and one, and that goes to the woulda, coulda, shoulda. You know, you could you could easily make the case where, you know, in, in Denver's case, this is what's so odd sometimes. In the Rangers' case, um, you know, there's teams that have just played a little bit better than they have to win games. In the Broncos' case, the argument or, or, or the reality is there's teams that have played just a little bit worse than the Broncos, and that's why they're 2-1. and one. So um, it is what it is. There's no getting around it. Uh, but, but, but you're right. It's not a very good 2-1 and one team, at least to date. Uh, it doesn't look like Russell Wilson's quite there yet with the Denver Broncos. I don't necessarily see the same Russell Wilson you know, that we saw four years ago, three years ago, five years ago. Uh, that was just a dynamic quarterback making plays. Houdini plays, you know, with his legs and his arms and his intellect and all that type of stuff. 
Uh, I'm not seeing that same Russell Wilson. I'm not seeing the the overall talent that's necessary to win at a big level. Yeah, they're two and one, uh, but we'll see how long that lasts. Yeah. And, uh, Vinny, let's touch on this because it finally happened. After years and years of just ugly performances, they finally changed the Pro Bowl, Vinny. They finally got rid of the game, and now it's just going to be skills competition. Your thoughts? I'm sure the players are happy about that, but thoughts on that, Vin? Yeah, and it's going to all culminate with a flag football game uh, at Allegiant Stadium this year, or it'll be next next February. Um, I think it's great for the players, and they listen to the players. Last year at the Pro Bowl, I was there. It was a game of two-hand touch is what it really deteriorated, deteriorated into. And I get it, and I understand that from the player's perspective. My question uh, to you guys, and I don't know the answer to this, I guess we're all going to find out together, are people really going to pay ticket prices to go see a game of flag football? Um, are people going to watch on television to see a game of flag football? Um, I don't know. That's a, that's a big question that's going to get ready to be answered here uh, pretty soon. I, it's, it makes all the sense in the world. You don't want players out there risking their health over something as meaningless as a Pro Bowl game. But at the same, by the same token, you've got TV partnerships and ratings to worry about. You've got tickets that you're going to sell. Uh, I, I think the week leading up to it is going to be great. There's all sorts of events and competitions that they've got you know, that the fans are going to be able to be a part of and have close um, you know, uh, accessibility to. But when it comes down to that Sunday game, which usually does pretty well, uh, Fred, uh, as you probably know with the ratings. Yeah. Are people going to actually tune in and buy tickets to this? Yeah, well, here's what I think. Uh, you know, what what they need to do is create an event with a flag football game in the middle of it. Not you go to watch flag football. And the NFL understands that. And they understand how to produce television, as do their partners. So if they create a week-long event and a day-of event that is interesting and exciting and shows well on TV, and then they mic everybody, and these guys just have a good time goofing around playing and giving each other crap out there, uh, I think it works. <laughs> I, I really do. Yeah. I think it will work. Yeah, I do too. I, I, I do yeah. too. I think people have known that it's just, this is coming, and they still have watched the two-hand touch and guys in pads. I mean, it's been, a, it's been embarrassing the last few years, and people have still watched. So yeah. The fact that it's now they've come to reality and calling it what it is is a flag football game. I think people will still watch. Yeah, I, I think so too. It is the NFL, um, you know. But uh, it, it'll be interesting. And you know what? Uh, I do wonder if we're a pulled hamstring or you know some sort of leg injury away though from doing it away for for, for altogether. Because I just remember, you know, I have friends who went out there and played softball. Oh, I'll be fine. You know, they rope one into right field take two steps out of the batter's box and they pull a, a hamstring. Now, I know that those are, you know, 40-year-old, 50-year-old men or, you know, even in their 30s. But even in a flag football contest, you wonder if there's going to be some sort of a pulled muscle or, or, or leg injury uh, that's going to say everyone just kind of call a timeout and say, we've got to figure something else out. It doesn't require guys uh, to come out on the field like that. But we'll, we'll see. It'll be interesting to see how it looks. I know Peyton Manning is going to be a big part of it from the production standpoint. Um, he seems to have surrounded himself with some really creative people. So I'm interested in, in seeing how it looks, and I hope that it goes off really well. All right. Vinny, good job as always. Appreciate you jumping on. We'll talk again soon. All right. Take care, guys. All right. Uh, next hour, David Basset jumps on as the Dodgers are in San Diego. And we'll look forward to hearing what he has to say about that. And also next hour... Uh, can have some spirituality, Rodney. Something yeah. we can use. Yeah. Need it. Mistake. And now another Rogan and Rodney. Oh, yeah. Afternoon like delight. How you say it so pop, pop, pop. You would think I went to school for chiropractic. Looking good. Let's go. Today's afternoon delight. It's tomorrow, too. By Glowrilla. This song is a remix to a track that appeared on the Gangsta Art compilation album, which dropped in July and features hip-hop superstar Cardi B. The accompanying music video has nearly 7 million views on YouTube. The track is likely to appear on our upcoming album, which she says will be released before the end of the year. Again, today's Afternoon Delight is Tomorrow 2 by Glorilla featuring Cardi B. Hey, and check this out. Afternoon Delight is brought to you by Rusnak Westlake Porsche. The all-new four-story Porsche Westlake is ready to dazzle one and all. Now open. Go check it out.
Rodney, we want to send you to Dodger Stadium to see the National League West Division champions every hour tomorrow, Thursday, and Friday. So I jumped the gun a little bit. Okay. I thought we'd tomorrow. start today. We're starting tomorrow. Tomorrow. Every hour tomorrow, West Division champion, Dodgers, National League West Division champions at the stadium. We've got tickets every hour starting tomorrow, Thursday, and Friday. Listen to us. Listen to Petros and Money, and you'll have a chance to win. Love it. Uh, okay. In a moment, we'll be joined by uh, our buddy Jacob Emrani for our weekly chat. We're not going to do that? All right. All right. Okay. Here we go. Are we ready, Ronnie? Yeah. Let's go. Do it. All right. And now, from the court to the courtroom with Jacob Emrani. All right, here comes Jacob for his weekly chat. Jacob, how are you? Hi, Vlad. How are you? Doing well. Doing well. Good to have you. As always, proud Good. partner Thank of the you. Lakers, proud partner of LAFC, Laker Media Day yesterday. I know you saw all of it. What did you think? You know, as usual, media day, everybody tries to say the right things. Everybody's got smiles and everybody tries to look, uh, you know, look as happy as they can be. You know, I guess only time can tell. We got a lot of guards. Um, We found out that, you know, Pat Beverly is calling uh, Russell Westbrook his best friend on the team. There you go. A lot of weird weird things going on, but (laughs) let's see how it all shakes itself out. Hey, Jacob, this is one of those weird things that can actually possibly work. We've seen crazier things happen where you get guys that are, that are, uh, you know, kind of uh, villains and, and, and maybe, you know, enemies and opponents, and then they come together and something magical happens, Jacob. This can happen with this team, with Pat Bev and Russell Westbrook and, and some of the other fellas. Listen, I think it can. I mean, I think, you know, we've put so much time talking about why Westbrook is not the right fit for this team. I think we haven't put enough time to try to think what part of his game from whatever's left of it can, you know, can help this team. And I think if, in fact, you know, they always say the locker room is such an important part of how well a team does, having a leader in there that brings everybody together and the ups and downs is so important. And I think that's something that's been missing you know, it was missing last year for sure. Everybody was just all over the place. And, uh, you know, maybe these guys sort of banding together and thinking it's them against the world and how they're being disrespected by everybody, you know, maybe that will bring some camaraderie because, you know, that's that's really something this team needs. Um, they got some veterans. They got some really young guys. And, you know, they continue to sign people we don't know. But ultimately, at the end of the day, you know, uh, we hope that this coach is going to, really push the defensive end of it because you know defense is what brings i mean they say defense wins championships but you know defenses you know can make up for a lot of offensive shortcomings so listen i'm looking forward to looking at it i'm just glad basketball's back yeah and you can't ever underestimate underestimate the heart of a champion the heart of a competitor you know these guys were embarrassed last year meaning that russell westbrook lebron james included anthony davis being hurt all those guys embarrassed last year and now let's see what they're made of by how they come back this year and no one's saying that they made they're you know a, a lock to win the title but i definitely believe they come back with more energy than they did last year listen you can't come back with any less energy rodney i mean that's number one <laughs> <laughs> you know i mean True. you know True. you you really can't uh, i mean we hope they can't do worse than what happened last year but i think one of the things that people don't talk enough about is anthony davis's role on this team and, you know, what Anthony Davis was brought here to do, he was supposed to be the future. And to be honest with you, as a Laker fan, I feel like he gets let off the hook too easy and too often. I think, you know, the, the, the concentration is going to have to be, this guy was supposed to be the best man in the game. He was supposed to take the reins from, uh, you know, LeBron. I mean, if he comes out and plays at an all-star level, you're already, you know, three levels higher than you were and everybody else just needs to play their role. But if you're depending on Russell Westbrook to be carrying your team, of course you're going to have the, you know, you're going to have the results like you had last year. So I think there's a lot of stuff that we have to look at 
we have to see the fact that we were older last year, and this year we got a bunch of young guys, you know, and those guys can hopefully bring some youth and athleticism and just about everything we were missing last year. So it's like, you know, taking a house and going into it, and it was remodeled, and you're hoping that the remodeling is going to pay off. Got to tell you something, Jacob, and I'm being really honest. Uh, I thought you'd be more excited. I, I really did. I thought you'd be like, yeah, here we go. Everybody's saying the right thing, but I think what you're doing, and, and I said this to Rodney earlier, I said people are not going to put up with what happened again last year, and I think it's kind of a wait-and-see approach this season. 100%. I mean, listen, I'm as diehard as it gets, right? I'm, I bleed it. I bleed purple and gold, but you know, ultimately at the end of the day, as fans, we want to see the product on the court, and we want to see them put their full effort out there. I think, you know, as a fan, it's important for me to see that, you know, all of the you know, excitement we have and all the effort we put in backing up the team is being reciprocated by the guys who are being paid incredible amounts of money on the court. So I think when they come out and you start to see them play well, the excitement is going to come back for everybody, including myself. But ultimately, you know, I'm not going to get overexcited until I see what's happening out there. All right. Uh, our, our listeners love when you offer some advice. We have heard you say, uh, if you don't win, you don't pay. Now, what does that mean and why you literally have nothing to lose to call and get a free consultation? Yeah, great question. And I think a lot of people just hear that and they hear it so often that just the value of it doesn't sink in. I think, you know, for anybody who's ever used an attorney in their life or will use an attorney in the future, anytime you hire an attorney, you have to pay up front. You have to pay by the hour. And when the amount of money that you pay up front begins to disappear because your attorney's done work, you have to pay them again before they start working. So, your money and your commitment to having to pay for the attorney's time is without any question. It doesn't matter whether the attorney wins for you, loses for you, you still got to pay for their time. That's why you hire an attorney as a advocate and as your, you know, as your counselor. And what I do, you don't pay a penny unless I win. And a lot of people just think, okay, well, what does that really mean? Well, when, when, when a client calls my office, and I decide to take their case because I think I can help and fight for them. From the moment that case comes into the office, I'm spending money out of my pocket. I'm writing a check for the police report. I'm writing a check for an investigator. I'm writing a check for experts to go to the scene of the accident and to bring me back evidence that shows negligence on the other person's uh, you know, side. But all of that money is being paid by me, by my firm. And if a person doesn't win their case, then all that money that I've spent is out of my pocket. My client does not have to write me a check for that police report. They don't have to write me a check for that investigation money I paid. They don't have to write me a check for that expert. If we win, we get compensated and we get that reimbursed back to us. But what's great about it is that a lot of times your attorney is going to keep asking you for money in order to do all those things. I don't. I pay that money from my pocket. I take the risk with you because I believe that from the facts of what you've told me, I can help you. So that's the reason I'm always blown away about when someone gets in an accident or gets injured, they think twice about calling and talking to us because they don't pay to talk to us, they don't pay to hire us, and they don't pay for us to spend money in order to investigate their case. So, you know, it's really basically free until we win, and that's something that I want to make sure all our listeners are aware of and make sure that, you know, nobody is getting charged for something they shouldn't be getting charged for. Good advice. Jacob, we appreciate it as always. Thanks for coming on. You have a great week. You too, guys. Have a great week.